Oh, good morning, all. Good morning. It's so lovely to welcome you on this bright and beautiful God-given day. But firstly, I want to apologize in advance to the ladies who are here, because if you were here last time I was preaching, you might remember we had a certain visitor, so I'm going to disappoint you straight away. No firemen. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Let's pray. We praise God this morning, who tears away our pretensions. Praise to the King, who became a carpenter. We praise God who forgives the vilest offender. Praise to the Redeemer with no sin of his own. We praise God who raises us from the ashes of our wrongdoing. Praise be to the one who gives us all a second chance. Father, we confess that we are always comparing ourselves with other people. It begins with how we look and what we have, and then it becomes who and what we are. In our own eyes, we are the right sort, and we shy away from those who are not like us. We pride ourselves on our standards and our lifestyle choices, and we look at others with contempt. Forgive us, we pray, for the self-satisfaction that permeates our thinking and helps us to see with your eyes. Amen. So we're now going to ask the band to lead us in worship for first song. So if you are able to, please will you stand and join us sing, Jesus Stands Among Us. We're now going to welcome Fiona, who's going to come and read to us from the New Testament reading, Luke 18, 9 to 14. Thank you. There were some people who thought they were very good and looked down on everyone else. Jesus used this story to teach them. One time, there was a Pharisee and a tax collector. One day, they both went to the temple to pray. The Pharisee stood alone, away from the tax collector. When the Pharisee prayed, he said, "'Oh God, I thank you that I'm not as bad as other people. "'I'm not like men who steal, cheat, or commit adultery.' I thank you that I am better than this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of everything I get. The tax collector stood alone too, but when he prayed, he would not even look up to heaven. He felt very humble before God. He said, O God, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. I tell you, when this man finished his prayer and went home, he was right with God. But the Pharisee, who felt that he was better than others, was not right with God. People who make themselves important will be made humble, but those who make themselves humble will be made important. Thank you, Fiona. Now, in this parable, Jesus sets out to teach us something very important. It's so human to think we are better in some way than someone else. Although we shouldn't think that because we, are, we know we are all equal in God's eyes, but it just somehow seems to happen. It's almost like an instinct. Let me give you an example. So, someone robs a bank. I guess we all think we're better than them, don't we? Yep. Or you see someone in town jumping into a stolen car 
And would we think we're better than them? Probably, yeah. So often we look down on others. Now, I've got a short sketch that I want to show you, which will show exactly what I'm trying to say. But the more mature among us may remember it when it was performed by the two Ronnies and John Cleese in the Frost Report. I'll tell you, one of the most fun things about doing what I'm doing up the front is going through things like that and trying to find something that will make us laugh. Well, it is very funny, but it's also rather true. Not one person can say that they have not felt superior, they haven't felt superior to someone else at some time, even though we know it's wrong. And the only way to accept that we are not better than anyone else is to know that is because Jesus all as equal and that we can do nothing without Jesus and we have nothing to offer him but ourselves. So now we're going to spend a few minutes just praying to ourselves, thinking about how sorry we are for the times when we have thought we are better in some way than someone else. Now, on your chairs or on um, empty chairs around you, you will have found a candle, wax candles. Now, we have got battery-operated candles for the younger people. We're going to hear a beautiful song uh, and video from Matt Redman called The Heart of Worship. And during it, if you feel able to, would you like to come forward with your candle um, A steward will take it from you and light it. And we have down here on the floor um, a large white cross. So um, does that make sense? Does everybody understand what I'm saying? So if we can start perhaps with the side nearest the window, then the middle, and then the right-hand side. Um, When the children bring their candle forward, we will swap it for a battery-operated one. And then once, once you're here, the, the young people can go straight out through the door with their class teachers. Does that make sense? Speak to me. Yes? Okay. Yes? Okay. So we'll start with this side, please. When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for taking part. Um, We're now going to sing our second song from the band, which is Faithful One, So Unchanging. So if you're able, please stand. Please take a seat. Now I'm going to welcome John, who's going to read our intercessions. this time of continued tension and great uncertainty, we'll centre our prayers today around the Brexit situation and our political leaders. So let us pray. Firstly, a prayer in time of national emergency. 
Our Father in heaven, you are the king above all kings. We pray for those in parliament, our prime minister, our government and all our elected officials and EU negotiators. We pray that your guiding hand would be known in parliament as they discuss and plan for the future of the UK. We also pray for our communities and those around us who are struggling with the divisions in our society and are worried about the future. May we be able to bring peace and offer a hopeful vision to those around us. Amen. And a prayer for our nation. God of hope, in these times of change, unite our nation and guide our leaders with, with your wisdom. Give us courage to overcome our fears and help us to build a future in which all may prosper and share. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now for the next prayers, there's a response and fill us with your spirit. Lord, come to bless us and fill us with your spirit. God of life and hope, we pray for our nation and for the guidance of your Holy Spirit, that you will give wisdom and courage to our leaders, that together we may work for the common good. Lord, come to bless us and fill us with your spirit. We thank you for the peace that the Holy Spirit brings. In these days of change, protect us from anxiety and keep us confident in your love. Lord, come to bless us and fill us with your spirit. We thank you for the healing of the Holy Spirit. Where there is division and concord in community and discord in communities, we ask you to bring reconciliation and peace. Lord, come to bless us and fill us with your spirit. We thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As we move into a new chapter in the life of our nation, we ask you to equip us for all that lies ahead. Lord, come to bless us and fill us with your spirit. And now the Archbishop of York's prayer for the UK Parliament. God of eternal love and power, save our parliamentary democracy. Protect our High Court of Parliament and all its members from partiality and prejudice, that they may walk humbly the path of kindness, justice and mercy. Give them wisdom and insight and a concern for the common good. The weight of their calling is too much to bear in their own strength. Therefore we pray earnestly, Father, send them help from your holy place and be their tower of strength. Lord, graciously hear us. Amen. And the Archbishop of York's prayer for the European Union. God of all hopefulness, upholding and renewing your creation, give your grace abundantly to our European Union leaders, that they may lead with wisdom and insight, with a willingness to lead and to be led. 
In your mercy, cast out in us all fear, godlessness, sin and love of money, and help us to live truth, justice, peace, compassion and joy. To the glory of your name. Amen. Eternal God, fountain source of all authority and wisdom, hear our prayer for those who govern. Give to Elizabeth, our Queen, grace as the symbol of loyalty and unity for all our different peoples. God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, give to each of your children spiritual wisdom and insight so they may grow in knowledge of you and your ways. And extend this grace to our political leaders also, knowing that only by your wisdom can they make decisions that are right and benefit the people of our country. Being a political leader or a leader of any description can be tough, with the stresses and strains of trying to do right by people amid public scrutiny, undoubtedly hammering their minds. Let us pray today that he continues to extend his grace to all those leaders, piercing through their thoughts with his own, so that they too can enjoy his peace and make decisions according to his will. God Almighty, we thank you that you are in control. Following the horrific discovery on Wednesday of 39 people found dead inside a refrigerated lorry in Essex, let's pray for these victims' families and friends. They may well still be ignorant of this tragedy and some may never discover the truth of what happened to their loved ones or how they must have suffered before they died. We pray for all those considering such a high-risk journey to the UK, how bad their suffering in their own countries must be for them to contemplate such an undertaking. And let us pray too for justice to be served on all those involved in this despicable human trafficking trade and for all working to bring an end to such inhumanity. And now in this moment of peace, let us remember those known to us here who are in need of support and comfort and guidance and encouragement and sympathy. And especially today, we remember the family of Margaret Fagens, the Shanks family following the passing of Ray's brother, Katie Betts and Keith supporting Lena, who was taken to hospital during the week, and any others that we might know in need of our prayers. So in a moment's quiet, let us remember those. And finally, let us be encouraged by the words to his, uh, the Lord's words to his people, as recorded in Jeremiah 29. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. 
and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Thank you, John. John's just going to put his other hat on and play the keyboard. <laughs> um, we are now going to sing, O oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder. If you are able, please stand. Please take a seat. I just wanted to say that yesterday I had a complete change of heart about what I was going to be preaching. <laughs> so I can quote it all again. <laughs> but having heard John talking about the B word, I'm afraid you're going to get a double helping of the B word. <laughs> As I write this, we still don't know when, how, or even whether Brexit is going to happen. Many of us, including myself, are feeling anxious and insecure. And secondly, none of us know what the future holds. And we are completely split over the best way forward, with our views becoming more and more entrenched. No matter what the final outcome is going to be, roughly half the country will be frustrated, maybe even furious. The process of Brexit has revealed deep divisions within our nation. And it seems we have become unable to listen to each other peaceably. Hate crimes have hit a new record high. Fake news is an increasing problem. Firstly, of course, because it is indeed fake and it's not based on any fact. But secondly, because it is driven by fear and anger. Not to mention global, political and commercial enterprises composing fake news for their own profit-based agenda. Human imagination and, resor and resourcefulness are being used for corrupt purposes. Conspiracy theories abound, and even when they are disproved, people still go on believing them because lies about others reinforce our own sense of security. Now, Jesus recounted the parable about a self-righteous Pharisee and a humble tax collector. But we need to understand that Christian preaching down the centuries 
has been along the lines of, well, thank goodness for that, at least we're not as self-righteous as that Pharisee. In fact, so much so that the Christian caricature of a Pharisee has entered our language so that the word Pharisaic has come to mean hypocritical. And it's a surprise to many in interfaith dialogue that Jews consider the Pharisees to have been moderate, creative, and humane religious leaders, saintly examples of Jewish spiritual attainment. Now, the resurgence of anti-Semitism is one example of our tendency to stereotype and vilify people who are not like us. And included in here are those who deny that the Holocaust, Holocaust ever happened, which is a type of conspiracy theory. And there has been an explosion also of hate crime against people with an alternative gender identity. And just to quote you some numbers here, the government police statistics for 2018 stroke 19 report over 17,000 who had reported an attack of this nature. But to put this in context, Stonewall UK claimed that only one in five such crimes are ever reported to the police. So, very roughly, that's 85,000 victims in the last year, which is a massive increase on the previous years. It seems we don't see beyond our disagreements to the complex humanity and vulnerability that we all share. Instead, we are prepared to believe the very worst of each other. Now, it is true that bad news sells newspapers, and we know also that many newspapers are often responsible for the generation of fake news. So how do we ever know what is fact and what is a lie? When it comes to mankind, we, of course, cannot be sure. Only Jesus who came to us as a humble carpenter, can be guaranteed to speak the truth. It is very difficult to have confidence in one's own belief without characterizing those with whom we disagree. And the gift of dialogue, of talking respectfully across differences, is one which the world badly needs. It is so easy to exacerbate divisions, and escalate conflict, and much, much harder to diffuse tensions and find constructive ways forward together. So how can we use our gifts for positive purposes? To develop ways of bringing people together rather than driving them apart. To bring out the best in each other rather than the worst to develop people for the better rather than dragging them down? And how can we channel our fears and frustrations into constructive campaigns for justice and change? How can we create hospitable and welcome places 
where people are enabled to speak freely without condemnation. Well, one community that has been doing it very successfully for over 50 years is called Corrymeela in Northern Ireland. It's a Christian community which aims to be, and I'll quote here, a place where people can disagree agreeably. Developed after the Second World War by a chaplain who had been a prisoner of war in Dresden. And their philosophy is, it believes in the power of people telling their stories of shared hospitality, of telling the truth about the present, of turning towards each other and finding strength, life and hope in each other. And I'm going to suggest that's a really great thing to think about. To go back to the Bible reading today of the Pharisee and the tax collector, one can see that they were at both ends of that same spectrum. The Pharisee appearing to be pompous and self-congratulatory, always doing the right thing. But his prayer was a talk at God rather than a confession. He was telling God how good he was rather than confessing. But the tax collector isn't so much humble as desperate. He knew well his own inadequacies and above all, recognized his own needs. He therefore stakes all his hopes and claims, not on anything he has done, but entirely on the mercy of God. I have an interesting fact for you. Of all the world religions, Christianity is the only one which does not demand acts of doing good. They are not part of our equation because all that we are required to be is aware of our absolute inadequacy before God. We stake our claim not on anything we have done, but entirely on the grace and mercy of God. Now, whenever we try to divide people into categories, in this case, between the righteous and the sinners, we are making a very big mistake. Anytime we draw a line between who is in and who is not, we have aligned ourselves firmly with the Pharisee because we can be sure that God is on the other side. Now, the Pharisee went home from the temple unchanged, righteous on arrival, righteous when he left. However, the tax collector arrived knowing he had nothing to offer. But on departure, he left justified. But why? He made no sacrifice, nor did he offer any restitution. So on what basis was he named righteous? Well, it's simple, isn't it? On the basis of God's divine grace. Yes, this parable talks about pride versus humility. But I think also that it demonstrates once more that we have nothing to claim but our total dependence on God's mercy. 
when we know this and we forget our human constructed divisions to stand before God aware of our only need, then we too are justified by God and invited to return to our homes in mercy, grace, and gratitude. Amen. We are now going to sing our final song for today, which is Love Divine or Love is Excelling. And if you're able to, please stand. Lord, we give freely and not from compulsion. For is there's, there's nothing we can give that matches your glory and majesty. And the great gift of your son, Jesus, and of the Holy Spirit, which guides us daily. All we have is yours, Father. And we ask that you would use us and all we have as you will. Amen. Go into the world knowing that God is with you. Go into the world with the peace of Christ upon you. Go into the world with the blessing of the Holy Spirit. And may the blessing of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon and remain with us this day and evermore. Amen.